0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Alec Mappa Hot Mess with Matthew Dempsey, Psychotherapist. I'm Alec Mappa. I'm an actor and comedian, and I came out in high school when I was 14 years old. Wow, you
1: did? Okay, first did. of all, I'm Matthew Dempsey. <laughs> I'm a multicultural counselor and psychotherapist. And wow, good for you. I came out in high school also, but when I was 17, so a little
0: when bit later. When you were in high school. In high school, 17. Wow. Yeah. Well, this was this was in the 80s for me. So it was yeah. it was uh, but it you know was quite
1: advanced and evolved for you, I'd say. Well it
0: was San Francisco and I was really uh, stoned. Okay. I was um <laughs> I was a I was a wake and bake uh kind of kid, yeah. and I was dating somebody in the choir mm-hmm. who was a senior. Well, so oh, was, you were dating somebody actually in school with you. In school. I was dating wow, somebody when I was 16, I was dating people. Out of school—that's a whole okay. other show. Oh, but right. um, yeah, and then um, so I came out when I was fourteen. I was having sex with a guy, and then at sixteen, I had sex with a bunch of different girls to oh. see if I liked it.
1: Okay, listen—it's a broad spectrum, right? I'm We're not, I'm not a
0: gold star gay. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm sad to announce.
1: <laughs> well, what would you explain a gold star gay is to anybody that might not gold know? gold
0: star gay is like my husband. He's never had sex with a woman.
1: Yes. Okay. Are you a gold I, star gay? I, I'm not a gold star gay. Have you okay. also heard of platinum star gay?
0: No, what's that?
1: A platinum star gay is a gay who's never had sex with a woman and who was also born of C-section, so has never touched <laughs> a vagina.
0: That's ridiculous.
1: <laughs> well, as in all of this, we're a little ridiculous.
0: Uh, it's like an American <laughs> Express card at this point. There's all these different reward levels. Well, I'm yeah. talking about coming out today because our fabulous guest today is Nikki Blonsky. Yay. You know, one of my favorite people. And you know her viewers from um her Star Turn and Hairspray, yeah. which has become my go-to movie during the pandemic. It just always cheers me up. Always, it just always makes me happy.
1: It's a great movie.
0: It's a great movie. <laughs> I want to know the circumstances um, uh, about you coming out at 17 in high school oh, in man. New Jersey. In let's, New Jersey, Let's, let's yes. go back, Matthew. Well,
1: in New Jersey, suburb of New York. So, uh, I mean, you know, it was one of those things where it kind of always had a sense growing up that something was different. Yeah, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it eventually got to a point where this is back in the days of like AOL dial-up. Like that was the only kind of internet.
0: Nom, nom, yeah nom, nom, and so nom. i
1: was doing exactly the dialogue and so i would um i mean at that time i was doing all of my exploring i was very thankful to have the internet because then i could go on i could <gasps> I look up gay think about that yes like, I, I didn't very, have the internet no you didn't so but i mean that's why like in thinking i mean things are even more different now so it's even it's even better for you know people who are exploring their sexuality they've got Understood. access to information but i'm grateful that i at least had anything Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, would watch like gay porn. Actually, my dad caught me watching gay porn because he was the one who Because would,
0: he was I, in it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not sure that's how it works, but no. Dad, you're uh, in this movie. No, my dad was the one who would actually, if I've ever had any kind of computer issues, he'd be the one to fix it. And I remember there was this one day where I was like 15 or something. I'm like, <laughs> dad, my computer's broken. It was a laptop. My, dad, my computer's broken. Can you please just like take a look at it, fix it, but don't look at anything. Just go in there and fix the problem. And at the time, I thought I was just really slick by clearing the history. I had no, uh-huh. idea, what a, I had no idea what a cookie was, you know? Oh. And so he went in and he's like, hmm, freegaypicks.com. And I was like, Ooh. uh, I was like, my Ooh. girlfriend brought my laptop. It was probably her. He was like, it's on here a lot. <laughs> my I was girlfriend's
0: like, really into gay porn. Yeah, I was
1: like, she was have the computer for a long time, just fix the computer. <laughs>
0: Was there a talk after that, Matthew? You and I did no. have a talk. I know, no, because
1: I was very, I mean, my dad over the next like year or so kept questioning it and I kept mm. barking back at him saying, I'm not mm. gay. I'm not gay. And mm-hmm. then eventually when I was 17, I
0: finally came out. Just because I like looking at naked men on the internet it doesn't yeah. make me gay. How Come very on. dare you? Yeah. Um, here's my question to you, Matt. And yes. I, I'm asking of all the youngins because I'm yes. quite older than you. Yeah. Um, w- did the internet make you feel like you were less alone? Did it make you feel like there's a whole gay world out there? Or did it, I'm wondering how that made you feel.
1: It for sure made me feel less alone. So like I said, I was about 16, 17 when I would go on and I would also go on, not just to look at gay porn, but I would also go on to the chat rooms that were Mm, there. mm. And there was actually this one chat room that was called NJGTS. It was New Jersey gay teen scene. (sighs) And so it was a place that I could go and it was just, did you, all you have of a profile these,
0: pic? Did you have a provocative profile picture?
1: You can't. Picture? This was before profile pics. This is when you had to email a a, a photo that took about approximately four and a half <laughs> minutes to load. So like that's how that's kind of how far back that was. But anyway, but yeah, it would be like a little profile and then just everybody had their screenings and you could instant message and we would chat. Uh-huh. And it became kind of this like kind of like subversive, like gay, kind of almost like high school, like where, you know, socially speaking. And so a lot of us in New Jersey knew each other.
0: Okay. Were people forthcoming about which high school they went to so on and so forth? Yeah.
1: I mean, there was a lot of people on there who were super anonymous, but there was also those of us who were kind of like, we just came out and we were exploring things and we were just meeting each other and dating and all that kind of stuff. So, but even before that point, I remember I would just go to the chat rooms, like anything M for M and would just um, instant message people anonymously Mm -hmm. saying, Hey, I'm like 15, 16 years old. I think I might be gay. I'm not sure. How can I tell? And pretty much everybody had the same question. Like when you're pleasuring yourself, who do you think of? And I was like, (laughs) uh, I guess men, they're like, Okay, well, I've got some bad news for you. I <laughs> think <laughs> you might be
0: gay. I was like, no. Well, there wasn't anybody who said, like, well, if you'll meet me at the friendlies <laughs> oh or the exit, maybe I can teach you a thing or two about what you're going through.
1: <laughs> I'll help you out. Yeah, I'm- I'm sure there was a little bit of that, but mostly no. <laughs> so anyway, I'm very grateful for that. But how did you do it? I mean, how were you able to even even before you started dating? I mean, how how were you?
0: Well, okay, it? back in the day, um, in the '80s, all the queer kids were in drama and choir. And speech and debate and so I was coming into it you know out of you know 14 years old and and just wide-eyed and you know and all of the um seniors were like oh they're having sex they're having gay sex and stuff and they're messing around and (laughs) and so I immediately gravitated towards them and then uh one of the most beautiful of the beautiful um I'll tell this story really quick Mm -hmm. um was uh, uh, this uh, a senior named Aaron? Mm-hmm. We went to um, after uh, uh, rehearsals for the school musical, Bye Bye Birdie. We all ended up at his. Place.
1: I love Bye Bye Birdie. It's one of my favorites. Okay, mm-hmm. good.
0: So um, he goes, I have a bottle of champagne. My grandparents are out, so we start sipping the champagne, and then I, he, there was just a vibe between us. And there were maybe three other people there, and I said out loud, really maybe a little too loud, Aaron, your parents. You said your grandparents were going to be home soon. We should clean up. Uh huh and the other two people went whoop they disappeared they left <laughs> slick and it was just me and Aaron yeah. little tiny Alec Mappa all 54 yeah. and 100 pounds of me yeah and it's just so sweet we were on um we were on his bed looking through a GQ magazine yeah. you know and um i and I, I I ventured i think he's cute and he goes i think he's cute <laughs> and then we moved closer together and he goes, I think he's cute. And then I pointed to him, I think he's cute. And uh, then we kissed. But I completely uh, there was nothing. There was I was like a bird building a nest. It was all instinctual. Like I That is the,
1: slick. That I is way slicker one, than I ever was.
0: I was the one who who uh, coordinated the whole thing. Like Good I just I just remember going, I've gotta get rid of these other people. I just <laughs> I to was your experience anything like that? Or were you led astray?
1: The, like the very first time you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, the very first time I ever even kissed a boy. It was, it was such a kind of a weird, you know, I knew this one person who introduced me to that person. This was all kind of virtually on, you know, on AOL. And mm-hmm. I eventually met this one guy. His name was Tommy. Tommy. From and, AOL. Uh, Tommy from New Jersey. He it was Italian. Okay. And nice. so we eventually wound up meeting up. We hung out, you know, he lived not far from me. He picked me up. We drove around a little bit. We mm-hmm. made out and then uh, that was about it. There's not, there's not as sweet of a story as yours. I wish we were looking at GQ My story's lurid.
0: Um, wait, so was the kiss nice? Was it exciting? Was it like, ooh? It, I
1: just, the thing that I remember the most about it was that my face was hurting because I've never kissed scruff. I never kissed beard <gasps> oh. before. And so I was like, wow, this is going to be hard with guys. <laughs> My face is hurting. <laughs> That's what I remember the most. But I also remember it being like, oh, okay, yeah, this is great. But it wasn't until the second guy that I hooked up with because he was who I really wanted to. The first guy yeah. was more like, let me just do this and get. Let it me out just of figure
0: away. it out. He looked like the Danny DeVito. Guy. He was an Italian guy from New Jersey.
1: <laughs> the second guy, yeah. I just thought was so dreamy and uh-huh. just, and we. It was just like I thought it was so cute and so fun and whatever. But he looked like. It was the first time. I don't know. He kind of. Yes, know, you do. It just, hey, it was like he was a cute white guy. He looked a little bit like an Abercrombie and Fitch guy. So, I mean, I was just like, yes, nice. So, um, but yeah, and it was just, it was the first time that I actually felt like, oh my God, yes, this is like what it's supposed to feel like. Okay. And it felt so great.
0: Now that we're both horny, let's <laughs> bring on our guest. Now that we're all like, where we we've we're yes. in the groove oh my god okay so i'm so excited to
1: welcome nikki Blonsky. she's most Yay! known as her role as tracy Turnblad in the hit film hairspray starring her zach efron john travolta of course michelle pfeiffer uh nikki earned several awards and nominations including a nomination for a golden globe award she's also known for her starring role in the abc family series huge in june 2020 nikki came out as gay in a video posted to the social media site tiktok Set to the song "I'm Coming Out" by Diana
0: Ross. And Nikki has launched her own podcast, Nikki Nights, where she talks with celebrities and industry professionals about current issues, quarantine, pop culture, and anything else on their mind. Please welcome our friend Nikki Blonsky! Yay! Yay! Hey, Yay. hey, Nikki! Here's that voice. Hello. <laughs> voice. Hello. You are, you are instant sunshine. Oh, thank you. Well, that means a lot. You
2: are like you just always make me happy. I, I know.
0: Well, That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. <laughs> Whenever I need to pick
2: me up, I go on your Instagram page.
0: <laughs> um, uh, what your intro failed to mention is that you came out on my IGTV live show, Alec Mopper oh. Girl Friday.
2: I did, and it yeah. was a Girl Friday.
0: Oh, girl, girl. <laughs> okay. Walk us us through this because you said this was not your plan, that you weren't going to do it. And then all of a sudden it turned into this like, oh, my God, this is really happening.
2: Yeah, uh, it was not planned at all. I can Mm -hmm. tell you that. I was talking to you. We were having a chat on your Instagram live and Mm -hmm. just trying to raise money for an amazing organization. And I don't know, something came over me. And like I'm a person that when I feel things, I feel them really strongly and I just kind of go with them. Me too. And I felt incredibly supported by you, and I just mm-hmm. knew I was safe, even though it was on the internet live, for mm-hmm. the world to, you know, just mm-hmm. go go <laughs> ham over if they wanted. <laughs> but, uh, but then again, Alec, I mean, why would I do it in an... And then my publicist was like well, maybe we should do, like, a fun TikTok. And I was like, okay, because I love TikTok. <laughs> and I had, I created, like, the Baltimore Challenge where I actually sat on my friend's car and did a TikTok to Good Morning Baltimore. Ridiculous things. And then I said, well, what about... We figured... She sent me I'm Coming Out by Diana Ross. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, but that's such a good song. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were in our friend's backyard wow. one day at a party, and we just decided to shoot the TikTok. It went up, and then I was having... Um, people say, this can't be real. You're not really gay. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> okay, sure. Like, right. oh, let me just also erase like every gay relationship I've ever had. Like, cause right, I'm not right. gay. Right. But what? So I said, well, let me just put it out there. Literally not in black and white in color. And uh, it's just a big, uh, a big post on my Instagram it just says I'm gay. Uh, I, you know, it was just like, it was either that or yes, it's true you know, I, don't know. <laughs> yeah. I I mean I look back at the one that says I'm gay now and I go maybe yes it's true might have been a little less loud but I am from New York so <laughs> oh, I
1: there you go. Loud
2: yeah. is what we do.
1: Nikki that must have there must have been something kind of brewing though right like that there must have been some kind of thought conscious thought or consideration of coming out was, was there anything like that or was it actually just that organic
2: It was a mixture like I had been telling my manager Uh, at the beginning of the quarantine, I said, I just want to let you know that I really feel very strongly right now that I'm ready to come out. I said, "Um, and, you know, you being like the head of my team, I just, you know, I want your opinions and I just want to make sure everything is done, you know, in the best way, you know. And and she was so supportive. And she said, I just always want you to live your life and authentically and I'm here to support you. And she said, when you do it, you know, we'll be right here, and uh, and I told my publicist as well, I'm ready, and then I just jumped off the cliff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I love
1: that. I mean, and I, what's...
2: I text my my manager. I said I. I did something.
1: <laughs> I, did, I did a, thing. I, I did a her, thing.
2: I did something. And she goes, <laughs> and literally, she wrote back, Did you come out? I said,
1: Yeah. Boom. Exactly. Oh my God. What, then, what's um, the response been?
0: Yeah. It was picked up by the trades. I remember that a couple of days later, there was something in Variety and something in The Hollywood Reporter. Thanks for the publicity thing. I appreciate oh,
2: it. Oh, <laughs> come on. I wouldn't want it to go elsewhere, my yeah, love. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I was, yeah, I sat down immediately and did like an exclusive with the Hollywood Reporter. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, it was interesting because I had only ever spoken to them about career things.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: mm-hmm. now I found myself being like extremely open and candid about my personal life, my Tinder history. Like, but I, you know, I just felt like if I was going to share this aspect of my life. I just wanted to share the whole story and uh, make sure that somebody took my words and got it right. And it was exactly, uh, it was really well done. And I thank them for handling such a sensitive topic with such care.
0: Yeah, Yeah, you're a Long Island girl, right? You're an East Coast Long Island girl? I am. So what's Uh, that like growing up, uh, being a queer kid in Long Island? Did you have any sense of who you are, uh, being different?
2: So it's interesting. I grew up uh, raised in a Catholic household, uh, went to Catholic school. Yep. Mm-hmm. Went to Catholic school the whole nine. Uh, I was an altar server. But then I joined a softball team.
0: Oh, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There it is.
1: Hey. She got her Birkenstocks and a tool belt yeah. and it was done. Bingo. I
2: got my Home Depot card and uh, we were, we set <laughs> sail. <girl>. <laughs> no, that I was actually, the end of it. I, I played for nine years. I never like, you know, actually dated any of the, I never dated a, a girl until like year' like a, about four or five years ago. It's been uh-huh. yeah. yeah. So we but the thoughts always been there.
1: You've well, had wait, let me ask let me, let me ask this because I think maybe a lot of people um might get confused too. You know, when we're talking about coming out, also kind of what we're highlighting is you coming out publicly, like you're a public figure. So coming out publicly, what was what was your experience in coming out just in your own personal life?
2: You know, I felt it was weird because I knew that once I I did it in my personal life, it's like anything I do in my personal life I know is at risk for becoming public. Sure. Um so I literally I think about every decision I make uh-huh. um and I say If this is public knowledge, how is it going to affect me and my career? And it's everything from, you know, sometimes if I notice people behind me at the store and they're like watching what I buy, I'm like, this could totally be in life (laughs) and style. Am Mm. I going to be comfortable with this purchase? Stars, they're just like us. Yeah, well, I was just reading, I just wrote in my book about, I was in CVS and this woman was standing in front of me and she just decided to tell the clerk that her new favorite movie was Hairspray.
0: And that's all Uh, she's been watching. uh, And
2: I talk about how I was just trying to buy my AAA batteries uh so I could go home and live my best life. (laughs) She had no idea that Tracy Turnblad was behind her trying to, you know, just have a little fun Saturday night alone. And uh, I just, I felt, I was like, this is not the time or place to introduce myself. So I just walked out. So it's been interesting. I knew that when I decided to make the decision to come out to my parents, my brother my brother was actually the first one I came out to. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he's always been like, even though he's my younger brother, I've always like kind of looked up to him because uh, mm-hmm. he's always kind of had excuse my French, his shit together. So I was like, hey, Joe, I just want to tell you something, like, you know, figure I'd let you know. And he was like, oh, yeah, of course. He's like, yeah, no, for sure. And he was totally there for me, him and his now fiancé. And uh, it it was really, really interesting. Um, And then my parents told them, my mom is still every once in a while, she'll go, "Are are you sure, though? <laughs> you go like is there no I'm like mom, mom. Yeah. I'm like, does Santa Claus eat cookies? Like yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> So you came out as pan on my show and then gay as so what do you I mean, I mean everybody the millennials are all into kind of the 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 the, the, the which which letter of the LGBTQ alphabet you you occupy. What do you think you are?
2: I mean I've never been one to really like mm-hmm. I want to live in a box or yeah, yeah. under a title. Um, I've obviously dated men. I've dated women. Mm-hmm. i It's all about the connection with me and the personality. Mm-hmm. But I'd be totally lying if I said that I was attracted to men currently mm-hmm. or have been in the past five years. Yeah, uh, And that's probably going to be rough for some of the dudes that I've dated to hear that. Uh-oh. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, well. Uh, you know, the ones <laughs> in the past five years. I will tell you that – there is one man that I've dated that is just absolutely, I consider him to be, like, my, you know, soulmate and a friend. And he's sitting right here.
0: Is it Zach Efron?
2: No, it's not Zach Efron. <laughs> <laughs> he's sitting Hi. right here. Hi, Hi soulmate. <laughs> um, real it's quick. It's really cool when you have, like, friends like that. And of course. That, that makes who all the difference. Aired. We did hairspray together. And here we are 14 years later. I just came out of the closet. And he's you know, being here, supporting me on this little journey I'm on. And it's really cool. That's How was awesome. it like
0: with your mom? Can you walk us through that? My God. Because I've met your mom and I love her.
2: You have met my mother. And what I was going to say to you is like, what is like anything walking through my mother? with? Mm-hmm. Like, my God. Yeah. It's <laughs> she that. has a big
0: personality.
2: Well, yes, it's also like walking through a minefield. You Mm. never know, like, what's (laughs) going to gather up. (laughs) It's interesting. She'll say to me, oh, I see, you're on those dating apps again. And I'm like, yes, Mom, but, like, how else do people really meet each other these days? And she's like, you're just so trusting. And I'm like, well, I've literally had, like, the craziest stuff has happened to me in my dating history. I was just telling somebody this morning... I had a vial of blood stolen from me. Excuse um, me? I was at a hospital. That? I was at a hospital. I was on a okay. date. Well, I wasn't on a date at a hospital. I was it wasn't an
0: Angelina Jolie situation where it's like in a vial around your <laughs> no. neck. Around it's your so neck weird.
2: Now. No, I was, I, it was like about six years ago. It was this guy I had been dating for like two weeks. I wasn't feeling like I went to the hospital. I was having like really bad cramps. And they took my blood. And my vein, I guess, blew because I have, like, really deep veins. And the nurse left a vial of blood on the counter and walked out to get a new (laughs) kit. And I wasn't paying attention. I was on my phone. This is a true story. And Because Karen can confirm this, my mother. And I, we finished up the ER visit. We're on the way home. And he pulls something out of his pocket. He goes, look what I got. And I go, what? He goes, I wanted something of yours. So I got Nikki Blonsky's blood.
1: Okay.
2: I was like, what?
1: Did you run? Did you grab your blood and run?
2: (laughs) Well, uh, I was in the car. He was driving and that was already driving me crazy. So I was just like, just just bite your lip until you can get out of the car. And so we pulled up to the house and I said to him, I was like, "Uh, I don't. I don't even know what to say. And I went in the house, and my mom was like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I don't know what's more disturbing, like my cramps or the fact that this dude just stole a vial of my blood. And my mother's like, he did what? She goes, oh, no, 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 did he leave yet? And I was like, yeah. She she made me call him. She got on the phone with him, and she actually called his grandmother as well and was like, "Um, your grandson needs to bring back my daughter's vial of blood, please. Because my mother was like, what if he take my, this is what my mother does to me. She gets in my head. She goes, what if he takes it to a crime scene and he commits a murder and then you go down for it? I'm like, you need to stop watching television.
0: I'm hearing your mother's voice through all of this. (laughs) I called his grandmother and I said, bring that vial of blood back here ASAP.
2: (laughs) It was in my mailbox by morning.
1: (laughs) And this is what it's like to be gay, kids.
0: (laughs) Welcome!
1: This is what happens. Buckle up.
0: Matthew, has anything like that ever happened to you? Has anybody kind of taken a souvenir? No. An (laughs) evening with Matthew Dempsey? No,
1: no, nothing. I don't think so. Nope. Hmm. I don't even know what to compare.
0: I'm trying to to think. (laughs) Nobody's ever stolen blood from me. You've beat me. You've got me (sighs) beat. we had a really funny conversation when you were on my IGTV live you were like um okay i'm gonna, i have to I can't tell my mother oh my god i have to call john travolta my other mother yeah
2: <laughs> i did well it's like anything in life when i have like any type of announcement personal career wise it's like i know if i tell one mom i have to tell the other mom
0: yeah like cuz uh-huh. john is very
2: much he's a part of my family i I, when I think of the people that I look up to most in the world and that I just cherish my bond with, mm-hmm. he is literally, it's my mother, my father, and John yeah. Travolta, top three. Yeah.
0: I love
1: my brother,
2: but my brother's four on that. Yeah. So sorry, Joe. Yeah.
1: He's sorry. going a, through a that's hard time. That's a good time. back of
0: parents you've got there. Yeah,
2: I'd say, I, yeah. yeah.
0: It was, His wife just passed away recently. Were you, were you did you call him and kind I of? I
2: felt, I'll tell you, I felt extremely awful and, and. Guilty because I had been talking to him about certain career things in my career that he was, you know, he's just always been giving me advice and just always been there for me in that respect and so many other ways. But so he, we had been chatting about uh, some some work stuff and then me coming out and then mm. Kelly had passed and I just I said to my mom, it was like six o'clock in the morning. And I came out of my room to, to run to the kitchen for water. And I saw my mom just sitting there, mm. with my brother. And I said, is everything okay? And she looked at me and she said, I love you. And I was like, what's, what's going on? And she told me. And I just, this wave of like, how did I not know my friend was going through the hardest thing? And the- I felt such an amount of guilt because I was talking to him about, you know, one of the greatest experiences coming out and and all of this. And I just felt horrible that I didn't know. And, um, I, I loved Kelly dearly. We shared, I'll tell you a great Kelly story. Mm. Um, we were on, uh, John's plane and she taught me how to eat caviar properly for the first time. (laughs) I had never had caviar. And like, these are the little memories like that I have from, you know, my relationship with her, um, and so I will let them carry me throughout my life, and uh, she'll always be with me. And I mm-hmm. do know that. And uh, so I just it. It's been in, it's been very very tough um, to just know that John's going through this, but I've reached out and uh, I've gotten messages back, and we've been in contact. And
0: okay, good, yeah. yeah.
1: That's incredible. And I think, obviously, you know, like you're talking about just even having that support, not even just of John Travolta, but also of your parents and just kind of walking through your own journey of coming out, too. Like, that's so important to be able to have really solid support. Um, what would you, I mean, especially, you know, some of the things we're talking about around kind of like mental health, right? And, and as we know, obviously, having marginalized experiences is going to mess with us and kind of fuck with our ability to feel the most, you know, kind of authentic versions of ourselves. So like, for you, what would you say have been maybe some of the kind of more difficult struggles that you face in terms of just, like, self-esteem as you might relate it to the experience of coming out? Mm.
2: Well, it's interesting. I notice I've always been a really confident person, like, at any weight. Like, I've been smaller. I've been a little heavier. Like, I go up and down. I've never let my weight define me because I'm a happy person. And mm-hmm. I I know that, you know, our exterior is only here for so long and it's about the legacy we lead. But I do notice that... So many people, especially since I've come out, a lot of women have said to me, like, I'm so, so much more, like, one girl I went on a date with, she was like, I'm just more confident with my body when I'm around you because you're so confident in yours. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, thank you. Like, I, I didn't really know how to take it because I was like, is that really how you feel or do you feel because I'm a bigger girl and you're smaller than me? That you feel a little bit better about yourself. Like I didn't know really where comparison. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't know where she was coming from. And I just said to her, I was very honest with her. I said, Well, I'm glad I can make you feel, you know, confident about yourself. I said, but you need to feel confident within yourself for yourself. Yeah. I said, because there's gonna be a day when I'm probably not gonna be here. And well, that day came about two weeks ago when I was like,
0: (laughs) (laughs) This isn't for me. Yeah. No.
2: She she asked no. I was like mm-mm, no. I, was, I mean Nikki,
1: you do you totally do come across obviously very confident asleep, and sweet. So, but I
2: just you know I just I didn't want to be that reason. No,
1: totally for sure. What what can I even ask? Like in the, in the in the interest of vulnerability, like what's something that people might be surprised to learn that you maybe do struggle with about self esteem or how you feel?
2: You know, I think for me the biggest struggle lately has been. I feel like I've had to prove my authenticity and prove myself. Uh-huh. Um, like, because Alec, you, you know, mean your
1: sexuality specifically? Because no, people question that I mean,
2: or? no, no. As myself as like when I'm on dating apps or even after people meet me, they're like, we just, you know what I mean? Like they, yeah. pe- the word catfish is used more than I can bear to stand. And yeah. like, I've been told, yo, you have to be a catfish. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not. And, it kind of just breaks my heart to know that people would think that I would, A, spend all that time because <laughs> it's not worth it. B, right. I'm smart enough to know that we're going to meet up eventually. And if <laughs> right. I'm not who I say I am, how is that going to end up for me? Yeah. Not well.
1: Yeah. Aside from dating apps, how else has it been difficult to maybe kind of feel uh, or, or think that you have to kind of prove your authenticity? improve yourself somehow.
2: Yeah. I, I felt, you know, after I started getting the comments on the TikTok, is this real? And I'm like, well, I've always been a person where I'm like, look, I can tell you who I am, but I'm also just going to show you. Yeah. So I feel that as I go through life and I live my authentic life, whether people, there's always going to be naysayers, whether it's, you know, about your sexuality, about your success, about anything in life, yeah. there are always going to people who say, well, even if you say, Yes, they're going to fight. No, just just to create some type of some type of argument. So I think if I just live my life authentically and go through it and date who I want to date and just be who I am, then you're going to fight me on it. I was
0: about to say you're going to be less concerned with that because my my uh, comparable experience was, I feel like when I first became a parent, as when you become a gay parent, you know, two dads with the kid, all eyes are on you. And I think I felt a lot of pressure coming from myself to prove that I was a fit parent. Yeah. You know, we were the perfect family. We're like, and I, I swear to God after a year after I'd put in the hours and I'd put in the work and I knew what being a parent was like and what it was demanding from me, it was like, this isn't even a question anymore. Like, I'm not yeah. even gonna, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna have this conversation. This is the conversation of whether or not I'm a fit parent. I've already proved it to myself. Yeah, yeah. but also
1: having having a sense of maybe where that self-doubt can come from. And I think this is the thing that a lot of people, especially a lot of gay people, maybe kind of struggle to understand is that it's not as black and white as when you're in the closet, you feel shame when you're out and you come out, then you're finally okay. And you, you know, and, and there's no more shame because when we come out, it's of course like a big, huge first step for us to kind of break down that, you know, that mask that we've, you know, had on. But it also then can still be an opportunity for this um, doubt within ourselves to play out in other ways, right? Um, and to not believe that who we are authentically is good enough, that we're actually not lovable. That's kind of why we default to all these other things to try to prove that we're enough instead of actually believing it within ourselves. Like for me, even like if I'm doing, you know, it's like, I love this kind of stuff. I love these conversations. I love therapy things and whatever. And whenever I'm like making a video and putting it out there, it's Constantly coming up for me, the noise that like nobody's gonna care. You, this isn't good enough. You're not smart. Sure, Why are you doing this? Um, I I have you know?
2: those moments. I have those insecurities, and I've had them since coming out. There was a moment where after I came out and everything was out there, and I was sitting in my backyard, and I sat there and I said, "Oh my God, the world knows I'm gay. Mm-hmm. Like I'm out." And then that reoccurring for about a week it just kept recurring in my head. You're really out. Like, you're really, really out. Like, even (sighs) if I wasn't thinking about it, as I was writing my book or writing whatever, I was like, just FYI, the world knows you're out. Um, And it was just like this little voice that kept creeping up. And whatever I did, it wouldn't go away. But I, I found a way just to write through it. And then I also, I've been, I'm just a person who gets real with myself. And I was like, yes, you made this decision and it to come out and it is out there. And you cannot put you cannot put, you know, a yoke back in the genie back I, in the bottle, a toothpaste no, back in the tube. No. So, but I'm also a person like I do things and I don't choose to live with regret. And I am happy that I've done what I've done and I've done it the way I've done it. Because I know it might not have been the conventional way, but I've never been conventional.
0: Like, you said you're writing a book twice. You've mentioned it twice. Are you writing an actual book?
2: I am. I'm writing an actual book. It's uh, for a while. My mom has always been like, you should write a book about your life. And I just decided with the quarantine, I was like, I need to channel all of this. And it's now writing the book has led to writing two scripts. And so I've just found a whole other side of myself that I kind of associate to with coming out because when I wasn't myself, I wasn't expressing my feelings for years. I had kind of just buried feelings, buried feelings, Mm -hmm. just put the smile on as the girl from Hairspray and gave everybody what they wanted. And then it's really the past year and a half that I've been like, no, I deserve to be happy too.
1: Yes. That's such a beauty of coming out because once you release that and you open up about that kind of secret, then it also starts to open the door for you to get to express yourself more authentically. And I love that. Yeah, well, that's great yeah.
0: That yeah, I remember thinking that um, before coming out, even like as a teenager in San Francisco, I mean, it, I, it, there were still struggles because I grew up in a very strict Catholic household. You know, I think the, the trickiest part was telling my parents. But I remember thinking, you know, I journaled a lot when I was a teenager.
2: Um, <laughs> oh, my God. You don't even know. I've been writing poems. Like yeah. I love
0: so, it. So I still I, journal. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, ru- I remember writing as a teenager. It's not fair. Yeah. It's not fair that I have to kind of live – you know, with a secret, it's not yeah. fair that everybody else kind of gets to be open. But you said something earlier about how it just frees up your energy, and I feel yeah. like when I was out and I came to town and I was like, I did a solo show about being out and my nervous breakdown and my depression, and I was so open, it just freed up my energy, and yeah. I could bring one hundred percent of myself into the room without worrying about it. And mm-hmm. it's actually it's it's beneficial in so many ways. In it, it translates into the rest of your life. Do you agree, Matthew? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of what I was mentioning um, a moment ago, too, which is when you actually release that secret, when you come out, then yeah, it's an opportunity to just get to be more of who you are. But that's not without its effort. And that's not without its consciousness. Like we have to be mindful of that, you know, because if you grow up believing that who you are as a gay person isn't good enough, and that has to be hidden, even after you come out, there's still all of the other stuff that's associated with who we are authentically that we think might not actually be okay, too. Yeah. And so it requires us to realize that that can be the case. And to start challenging ourselves, the things that, you know, we're a to express about ourselves, still take that risk because that's kind of the lifelong process of coming out and making sure that we know that who we are is good enough. Well, that was a conversation stopper. Okay. No, no, I'm just letting it (laughs)
0: marinate, Matthew. I'm just kind of like, but it's true. It's just kind of like, it's like we're all stoned right now. Like we're all sitting around and we're like having red wine. Nikki, you know, I want to talk to you forever and ever. And I hope I can see you while you're in Los Angeles. I would Um, love that. Because
2: guess what? What? I'm still going to be gay. Okay, right. just, just checking.
0: Just checking. You ready? Right? Um, uh, you have your. I wanna. I want people to know about your podcast, Nikki Nights.
2: Yes, Nikki Nights is uh, up and running. We've had some fun episodes since we've been back. Uh, Samantha Ferris, um, Colin Mockery from Whose Line is it anyway? His episode just mm. went up. We have some incredible guests coming up. Ryan Casada, the brilliant uh, singer songwriter. Um, there's a lot of fun. People on the docket, Scott Hamilton, can't wait to talk to him. So I just love this show because I get to talk to um, amazing people who I admire. Like, you know,
0: you. Yeah. Uh, Well, Uh. you know, we always end the show with a hot message of the day. So uh, given everything you're going through right now and and, and how you've turned your world upside down for the better, do you have a hot message for our Hot Mess listeners?
2: Okay. Um, hmm. No matter what you're going through... You can get through anything. There's nothing I've learned in life. Life's going to throw curveballs, and it's going to come at you every which way from Wednesday. Mm. But people are way stronger than we give ourselves credit for. And uh, just find a reason every day. I make a conscious decision every day when I wake up. I'm like, I'm not going to let anybody get in my way of having the best day possible that I could. So find a reason to smile and know that I, I thank you for welcoming me to the community the way you have. And I just, I'm sending you all virtual hugs
0: always. She's going to be a grand marshal at pride next year. I would die. Take to the talk.
2: (laughs) I would die. Maybe (laughs) we'll do a TikTok there. Okay.
1: I love
0: you. I'll see you soon. Bye. Bye Bye, Nikki. I always use last week when, I, I I luckily I was about to I was about to press the leave button, yeah. but then I, I always I do that. I, been, do that. <laughs> I end the podcast. What's your hot message of the day? Oh, Matt man, Dempsey, I don't know. psychotherapist. I don't know.
1: I've, I've given a few little kernels. Um, I would say my hot message uh, to summarize. My hot message is just that there's such power and vulnerability. Just to make sure that. If you're able to, if you feel safe enough in your life Mm -hmm. and you believe that you're gay or queer or anything that kind of veers off, you know, um, the traditional path, find somebody, find anybody that you might be able to open up to and talk to. Because like Alec was saying before, it's so liberating and it really does crack open the door for you to live a much more authentic life. Mm -hmm. Things, even though it's really challenging thinking about it, things on the other side are so much better. I'm trying not to sound like an it gets better ad, but it really, it really can. If, uh, if you're brave enough to do it
0: better, it's better. I think that it's being so in the closet better. carrying around a secret is like carrying around a sack of bricks on your back yeah. and you yeah. get so used to the weight, you get so used to the oppression that you don't even know that it's there. When that, when that sack of bricks comes off, yes. man, you are freed up to do so many other things.
1: Yeah. It's one of those things that when you're young and you start to suspect that something's different and you're petrified of it, it's like, Oh my God, I don't know if I ever could. And then you kind of get to a place where like, okay, maybe I, couldn't you tolerate it? But the idea of getting to a place where it's like, I'm so happy I'm gay. I remember my friend when I was like 19 was just like, it's like we're special. It's like, it is. It does kind of feel that way and I love it. Oh,
0: Matthew, you are special. Oh, and so are you, Alec. Um, Where can folks find you on the socials?
1: You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at MJ Dempsey Psych and on Facebook, Matthew J Dempsey Psychotherapy.
0: And you can find both Matthew and I on Twitter and the Instagram at The Hot Mess Pod. You can find me at Alec Mappa at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, Thank you so much for uh, listening to our podcast this week. We're so grateful and humbled that you chose to come back. So keep coming back, download and subscribe, and we'll confront more of our hot mess next week.
1: That's right. The Alec Mapa Hot Mess with Matthew Dempsey Psychotherapist podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and is not intended as a replacement or substitution for any professional, medical, financial, legal, or other advice, diagnosis, or treatment. This podcast does not constitute the practice of medicine or any other professional service. The use of any information provided during this podcast is at the listener's own risk. For medical or other advice appropriate to your specific situation, please consult a physician or other trained professional.